0: gonna meet Pete. Okay? He is open up to first Peter. Okay? Peter. <laughs> I love this guy. Okay? Peter is so he's such a blur. He's such a blurder. He just goes about his business and he falls madly in love with Jesus and he tries to do all kinds of things for Jesus and meanwhile he's like tripping over himself the whole time. And I just love I love it. And we're gonna see meet him uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how how you might identify with him yourself right okay? I know I very much do and uh, and I we're gonna see how how he was such a leader of the ones that that Jesus picked and and and, and Peter has just been such an inspiration to me you know because he's such a little fumbling bumbling little leader you know but he has so many incredible leadership qualities so we're gonna just uh, meet him today or tonight. And uh, so I'm just going to read just the very first verses from 1 Peter. It says, Peter, and he's introducing this. By the way, this is a letter that is not written to a certain church. In other words, it's not written to, like, the church at Ephesus. It's not written to the church at Galatia like Paul would do. Like, okay, guys, you know what? I see what's going on in your church. This shouldn't be happening. Let's change, okay? And this is how the Lord wants to change it in and through you, okay? He's not doing that. However, he's talking to believers, okay, he's talking to Christians in general, in general. It's not just to a specific church, okay? And so, he just wonderfully, salutation just says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. That is one theological nutshell there that he is just greeting people with. Okay? And so he goes let me just read a little more. He goes on to say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or faith, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come, meaning the trials, so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine, and may result in praise, glory, and honor, when Jesus Christ is revealed, though you not, though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, I mean he is beyond compare, this guy. Okay, he is overwhelmed with uh, how he has walked with Jesus, and then how he absolutely met Jesus when uh, the Holy Spirit came upon him, which we will we will go through. So, 1 Peter talks to us, Peter is talking to us in this beginning, that we are living like you are born again. What does that mean? What does that mean to be born again? Okay? He says, I want this whole passage that we're going to be talking about in meeting Pete is living like you are born again. What does that mean? A new, a new, okay. I mean John three three right? Nicodemus like I have to go to my it, mm-hmm. my mother's womb right. and to to be born I, and how is that going to work? And Jesus is like no, no because that was physical birth and then we have spiritual birth exactly. when we, we ask work. Jesus? In. That's right. We ask him mm-hmm. to come in so you are born again okay and Peter is talking to Christians and he says okay you guys are born again okay you guys know Jesus Christ as your Savior you guys have accepted him personally okay that's excellent that's why you're called Christians all right now I want you to live like it okay now I want you to live like it okay and so he is he's is, there's a greeting or a salutation from him okay and and he's and he shares that he's Peter right away just Peter apostle of Jesus Christ, okay? So, let's just meet Pete for a bit, okay? He was chosen second as a disciple of Jesus Christ, okay? He was chosen second. His brother, do you remember his brother's name at all? Andrew, okay? His brother Andrew was chosen first, okay? And Peter, however, is mentioned first more than Andrew, okay? These are just, you know, as you're studying, you just note all of these different um, situations about Peter. And and so I wrote them down, okay? Now, an apostle means that he's a special messenger, you know, an absolutely chosen special messenger, say that a couple times, special messenger of Jesus Christ, okay? And he had, Jesus delegated authority to him for special tasks, all right? Right, so Pete, right? Now, Peter was not merely an apostle, but there was a sense that he was the leader of this whole apostolic group, okay? Meaning of the disciples, okay? Of, of the ones that were chosen, the 12, okay? So Peter was an important and influential guy, okay? In the early church, we're gonna learn about that, okay? And so this letter, when it was written to the early church, the Christians, the early church, was received with a sense of importance. Because Pete, big shot. Big shot with Jesus. Big boober, boo-boo-er, but big shot. Okay? And so wonderfully, he, this letter would be received as, oh, this is from Peter. You know, heads up. We need to listen to this. Okay? All right. so Peter's name, this is, this is fascinating is me, Peter's name is... Is mentioned in the gospels more than anybody else's except the name of Jesus. Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Okay, so in those four gospels, Peter's name is mentioned the most other than Jesus's name. All right, and no one speaks as often as Peter. Okay. Now, Jesus speaks more to Peter than to any other individual. Probably because he needed to, okay, <laughs> all right? Probably, you know, because it's see who Peter is. Probably because he needed to, right? Um, and, and I'm telling you, it wasn't just rebuking him. He was the most praised apostle, and he was the most rebuked apostle, okay? Peter, nice job. I mean, just cranking, and then, oh, right? The mountaintops, just like, yeah, Pete, man, you're my man, right? Mm-hmm. Wham! Oh, Peter, Cutting off the guy's ear as I go over the cross. No, 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 no. no. Here, Lucas. He <laughs> you know, puts his ear back on. Him. No, no, no. Right. I mean, just praise, 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 and then rebuke. Okay. So Jesus rebuked Peter more than any disciple. Okay. And here's the deal. Peter was the only disciple who dared to rebuke Jesus. Okay. Uh, and we'll learn what he did with that. Okay. Okay. Now, Peter confessed Jesus more boldly and accurately than any other disciple, okay? But Peter did what with Jesus? He not only confessed, he denied him okay? Man, Jesus said you are the Christ, the son of the living God and a little girl comes up to him into the fire and mm-hmm. aren't you one of the followers? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> huh? Don't even know, man. I haven't seen him. <laughs> right? I mean, denies him. Totally denies him, okay? More forcefully, more publicly than any other disciple. But don't you love our heroes of the faith. Don't you love mm-hmm. the fact that he was the most praised <laughs> disciple, but he was the most rebuked disciple? He rebuked Jesus. He, you know, He was the most, you know, confessed Jesus more boldly and told exactly who he is, right? Remember, this is the early Christian church, okay? Okay, so I mean, he was he was stepping out, but then at the same time, he denied Jesus, okay, more forcefully and publicly than any other disciple as well, okay? And Peter alone among the disciples was addressed by Jesus as Satan. When Peter was getting in the way of Jesus going to the cross, getting in the way, getting in the way, Jesus turned around and said, Get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Yeah. Out of Jesus' mouth, right? What? This is who he is. This is who he is, okay? And he's prominent. He's prominent in our gospel records, okay? And and so I want you to get your Bibles ready because I want you to look at some of these um, important mentions of Peter in the four gospels because this is going to give you a flavor of, of Peter who wrote 1 Peter, the epistle, okay, to, to Christians such as us, all right? So let's look at Mark 1, okay? It's Matthew, Mark, Luke. Let's see. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Okay, that's the second... Uh, book of the New Testament okay, Mark one thirty-five 35 35-39 and uh, let's see we're going to go through quite a few of these things I want you to see uh, what this is alright um, do I read that please?
1: Sure. very early in the morning while it was still dark Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him they exclaimed everyone is looking for you Jesus replied let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also that is why I have come so he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons
0: alright so what okay so Jesus wakes up early in the morning you're going to find that this is what Jesus custom is to do right to pray right before the sun comes up alright and what happens son peter led a what he led a hunt right (laughs) Mm -hmm. he led a hunt with the other disciples you know to find jesus let's go find jesus and tell him what he should do right so jesus Mm -hmm. is not praying jesus is up in the morning early with his father He's always praying always asking you know not my will but your will father right and peter leads leads the hunt leads the posse to find jesus to tell jesus what he needs to do for the day Okay, don't you love that? that would be nice job, right? Okay, all right, another one, uh, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So it's the next uh, book over, Luke 5, 1 through 11. All right, excellent. Thank you, dear.
2: Got the big the big script in front of me now.
0: Excellent. I'm proud
2: of you. All right. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little more from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knee and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him.
0: Excellent. Excellent. There's a story, right? Uh, that includes Peter, that what? He put his nets out, right? In the direction of who? Jesus.
3: Jesus. Jesus,
0: right? The direction of Jesus, okay? And he brought in What? a massive catch of fish, right? And how Jesus so used that that hey, not only are you catching fish, but you're going to be what? Fishers of men. You're going to be catching men. Just like this massive catch of fish we've got right here, Peter, guess what? This is how I'm going to use you. This is how I'm going to use you. You're going to, catch, you're going to catch men. That's what it's about, right? I mean, can you imagine a fisherman? Remember that's how he made his living, you know, burly, husky guy and he made his living as a fisherman. And and here's Jesus and he puts his net down, and it's more than they could ask or imagine. And then he says, oh, you know what? But you're going to catch a man. I mean, imagine that analogy for that fisherman, how sweet that was at that moment for Peter, okay? All right, uh, the next one, just you know, I'm not going to have us read it, but Matthew 10, 1 through 42. I'd love to have you read it this, this week. Matthew 10, 1 through 42 is when uh, Jesus... Is actually sending out the twelve disciples, including Peter, obviously, and he tells who they all were, and uh, and he sends them out. And if you have the red letter edition, you will see where Jesus is talking the whole time, and he's sending them out with follow- the following instructions. He's telling them how he wants them to go about to the countries and what he, he will be, what they will be doing, and how the spirit of the Lord will be speaking through you. and, and this is how he's telling them he's sending them out. So. You know what is happening is is Peter went on a unique outreach trip. Like you know this is like more than short term mission trips. Okay, (laughs) you've been on a short term mission trip. Okay, this is an outreach trip that the Lord's going. Okay, here you go with the other disciples. Here's how I want you to go out into the world. Okay, and so you could read that um, this week because I it'll give you another flavor of how he needed to. To walk circumspectly in how Christ told him to be a disciple of His. Okay, all right. Then there's um, to go to Matthew 14. Okay, Matthew 14, 24. Okay, 24 to 33. Okay, who's got that? This is good. this is great. I love this one. 14, 24 through 33. Okay, Karen, do you have that, hon? Yep. Excellent.
3: But the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went to them walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a ghost and they cried out for fear but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid and Peter answered him and said Lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water so he said come And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son Mm -hmm. of God.
0: Truly you are the son of God, right? Okay. What's happening in this scene? What's going on with Peter?
3: Faith and doubt.
0: Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> faith and doubt. No kidding, faith and doubt, okay? He was the one that did what?
3: Stepped out. He stepped out of the faith?
0: boat during what? Nice calm little storm, little ice on the lake, right? Now. No, no, no. <laughs> during a raging storm, okay? <laughs> At one point, you guys, when you're reading this. You know, write you know, write these down so you can reread them this week, okay, but You have to remember, at one point, there is where Peter has thought, I need to go to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he's got his foot in the boat, and he's got the other foot like this. And at one point, he has to make the decision Mm -hmm. to put his weight on this foot. Mm -hmm. Okay? I mean, you could stay like this all the time with Jesus if you want. Okay, you can stay just like this. You're half in the boat, half out of the boat. Well, you know, I should go. But yeah, I don't know if I try. Right. Mm-hmm. But once you take your physical weight and put it on the properties that really shouldn't hold you, mm-hmm. other than Jesus, now you're walking on water. Now you're walking on water. Now it's the faith walk. Now it's the book that Stuart Briscoe wrote. That this is just. Um, is, it's a tremendous book. I like to find books that will be supplementary to what our study is, so you can be in a book as well. And it's all about um, Brave Enough. It's called Brave Enough to Follow. Okay? And it's all about Peter and yeah, about right. how he walked. You know, he's the only one who did. He stepped out, and he was brave enough to follow. Okay? And and it's wonderful because it gives chapters. It's all about Peter. gives chapters, and then at the end of the chapter, it sort of has you answer some questions. He stepped out. Onto the water during a raging storm, and he walked on the water with Jesus. And then if you read right here, 33, then those who were in the boat, what did they do? Worshipped him, saying what? Truly, 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 you are the Son of God. Okay? Men were worshiping the living God at that point, right there in that boat, knowing that truly, that you are the Son of God. Okay? And, And Peter Peter, God used Peter and and Peter's heart to have people worship at that very point. I love that, okay? Uh, let, let's see John 6. Let's go to John 6, 68 and 69. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Okay, what is he saying to him? Peter's the one... Who said what? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay, he proclaimed. He proclaimed that Jesus was more than a prophet, more than a teacher. Peter proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, boldly, he proclaimed that. Okay? So, I mean, remember in the beginning we were like, he praised, he proclaimed, he was rebuked. I mean, that's who Peter is, okay, yeah. or who Peter was, all right? Uh, Matthew 17, 1 through 9. My favorite, I love this story. One of my favorite stories. Okay, I'll read this one. Sorry, I After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led, up, led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Okay, can you guys get this picture? Mm-hmm. Okay, here they are, mountain, high mountain, by themselves, okay? His face shone like the sun, mm-hmm. all right? His clothes became <laughs> as white as light. but right. you're standing there, and you're like, whoa. This is amazing. Okay, and then who appears? Moses. <laughs> Moses, come on, big Mo, yeah. Ten Commandments, big Mo. You know it's all about him, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And Elijah the prophet. And there they are, and they're talking with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, can you just see so And Jesus is like as white as ever, right? This mm-hmm. side. And, and here's Peter. <laughs> He's just like great. And Peter said to Jesus. Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He, he, always one. Keep it right there, Jesus. High top moment. We're at the top of the mountain. Yeah, this is it. Elijah, me, you, Moses, forever and ever. Right here. Put him up, baby. Let's let's just live right here forever and ever. Right? It's it's good for us to be here, right? And and if you wish, me you know I I want to like take over, but you know here it is. I will put up. You don't have to do anything, Jesus. Not even like you know I know like if you did that, boom, you just show up. But I will do this, okay? I love. I will put up three shelters. One for you. I let me put it first, Jesus. One for you. Okay, then one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, very important words. Mm. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the <laughs> cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. <laughs> when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came, I love this, he always does. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. I mean, I I I love that story. I love that Jesus allowed Peter. He allowed Peter to see him transfigured and talking to Elijah and Moses, who had so gone before, right? Mm-hmm. And here he is, to, and Peter's right in the midst of that. I love that, that he saw Jesus transfigured in glory together with Moses and Elijah. How sweet is that, right? And, and Peter just fumbling, fumbling. I mean, you can't blame Peter, you know, because, you know, when you mm-hmm. see something that awesome, that awestruck, that you're just mm-hmm. so in love with Jesus, you're following him everywhere. I mean, you're 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 wanting to do everything for him. He's he's changed your life totally, completely. And then you see this happen. It's like you want to do anything. Okay, what can I do? I know, I know. I could fix some meals, make mm-hmm. houses for him. We mm-hmm. can make everything just right here. I mean, it will be perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what you would, because you would think that you should do something for him mm-hmm. at that point. And meanwhile... Jesus is like, well, Peter, you know what? I just gave you a taste. I just gave you a taste of my glory. I just gave you a taste of my glory. You guys, that's what he wants to do with us. He wants us to be so close that he can reveal himself. He's a self-revealing God. He's a self-revealing. He continues to reveal, continues to reveal, and he wants us to be so close to him that we'll see him in his glory. We'll see him. He will trust us. He will trust us to be in the intimate parts with him. Right? In James 4 says, when you draw near to him, he draws near to us, and then we're intimate. That was an intimate time for Peter. And sweet Peter reacted as only he knew what to do. Oh, oh well, I, I could do this for you. Oh, I love that. And basically Jesus is like, let's get on with it voice comes from heaven. Let's get on with it. Stuff, people to see, things to do. Come on, Peter. Let's get on with it. I love that God wonderfully showed himself to him like that. Okay. So let's go to Matthew 18. So these are all the tidbits of how we're meeting Pete. Matthew 18, 21 through 21 through 35. Please, do you want to read that? Sure. Okay.
1: Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I, shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart.
0: Okay, so Jesus goes in this complete parable of the unmerciful servant because Peter comes to him and, and obviously it's on his heart. He, you know, Jesus, I'm thinking, um, and I'm sure <laughs> it's up to do with the disciples or his family or something, because it's on his heart, right? He says... That Peter came to Jesus. So in other words, he sought him out, came to Jesus, and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And then you can just see, like this is pretty much like up to seven times. I feel like that's pretty good, right? I mean, the same offense, seven times, that's pretty good. I mean, you I just see him, right? But how sweet is that? He's the one that goes up to Jesus, who's the Son of God, his teacher, his friend, the prophet, the Messiah, says how many times and then jesus wonderfully is able to just expound oh no that peter huh here here let me just tell you a story you know don't you love how you know parables are are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning? okay and wonderfully just says hey peter here's how it goes it doesn't matter you just keep forgiving him okay that's how it goes can you just see peter (laughs) that is really what I wanted to hear good story Jesus right? I'm sure of it alright all right. so he was the one who asked Jesus how many times you should forgive a brother Okay. All right. look at Matthew nineteen twenty seven 27-30 Karen you have that?
3: Yeah. Thanks. then Peter answered and said to him see we have left all and followed you therefore what shall we have? so Jesus said to them Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first
0: okay once again Peter is the one who goes up. Now, see this. This should give us lots of hope, ladies, because he loves when we ask him. When you say, "You know, what, Lord, I, 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 just want to be honest with you for you. I'm going to ask you this. What does he say? No, not now. Sorry, don't have time. You know, no, he doesn't have. Any of those attributes, right? Because he's omniscient, he's omnipresent. He's—I mean—that's who he is. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to ask that. He doesn't. He knows every thought before one of them has come to be, right? So he loves it. Peter is the one that sort of boldly goes up, and maybe the other disciples were, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You no, know, Mike's the pastor I just asked, right? Sounds I mean, like you know, get Mikey to do it. Mikey'll do it. You know, <laughs> and like I just see that you're pushing Peter up there, right? And Peter is the one who asked Jesus after the encounter with the rich young ruler, okay? What the disciples would receive, okay. Now I'm sure the disciples were asking Peter this because all the disciples were thinking this. Peter's the one who asked. Okay? God bless Peter, right? Just walked right up there and then out of the mouth. Of Jesus comes truth, comes grace, comes mercy, comes another story, comes another life lesson, right? Another revelation of how we're to live, okay? Because this is right after the encounter with the rich, like, rich young ruler, what the disciples would receive for giving everything up to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. He dropped his nets and followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was it. Bam. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, we know in Scripture that it that Scripture talks about Peter's mother-in-law. And if you have a mother-in-law, it means you have a wife. Okay, even though it never mentions his wife. Okay? But he followed everything. He dropped his nets and followed him. Okay? And I love that because many of us believe in Jesus Christ. But to follow hard after him is another thing. To follow hard after him. To, to really have that one goal in life. To know him personally and passionately and powerfully, and then to have him rule over every area of your life, to follow hard after him, it is another thing. You know, that it goes from, well, it's just not about salvation, it goes to that discipleship, it goes to that, man, and I want to follow him the rest of my days. And that's what Peter is, is doing, and you know, and he's asking humanly. Which is what we tend to do. Well, what are we going to receive for giving up everything? Bingo. Your life. Forever. Forever. Because Jesus says in John 14, 6, by the way, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? And so Peter wonderfully asked Jesus that. Right? Let's go to John 13.
1: 5 through 16
0: yeah. or 17. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Okay, let's let's look at five. After that he poured water, meeting Jesus, into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. <laughs> <laughs> Here's those big pumpkin feet and sandals that are dusty and dirty and wonderful. Jesus is the servant leader, right? And he leans down, takes off his outer garment and washes his disciples' feet, dries them tenderly, looks into their eyes. Mm. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answers, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well.
1: (laughs) He's never lukewarm. Never enough. He's never
0: lukewarm. Never enough. Well, you know what? If that's what it means then, well, you better cleanse all of it. I'm telling you, not just my feet, it's every part of me, And that's what he's saying, right? That's what he's saying to him, right? Mm -hmm. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as Well, Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath, (laughs) which means you haven't had a well, Peter. (laughs) A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, Not everyone was clean. Remember, he's washing all his disciples' feet, and at the time, Uh who was sitting there? Judas, Judas. Judas scary. okay? When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And then he shared, you know, what, what he has done for them, okay? Well, the, the portion I want you to see hmm. is that, you know, Peter is the one who insisted. Once again, blurt it right out, man. Yeah, okay. You know, just... just you know, walking by his feelings, just blurted right out that he was the one that insisted that Jesus would not wash his feet and then commanded Jesus to wash his whole body. Okay? Okay? But you have to love him. In that. And remember, Jesus knows his heart motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Right? He knows your heart mm-hmm. motivation. You guys, you might blurt. Mm-hmm. You might have said, you know, and then they quit, you need to ask for forgiveness. You might be walking, you know, and, and saying something that you didn't mean at all and mm-hmm. somebody took it differently and asked for Whatever it is, he knows your heart motivation. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet part. He knows your heart motivation. Okay? So that's why you always need to get down to what's your heart motivation.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, You get down to, mm-hmm. what's your heart motivation? It's not the superficial stuff. Mm-hmm. That's acting out from something deeper, something that's a deep root that comes from your heart motivation. Okay. Now, I am sure Jesus can see, because he's omniscient, that, that he can see that Peter's heart motivation is pure. Mm-hmm. It's pure. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's listening. He's saying, well, pardon me. me. Pardon me. And that, that Peter's like, "Well, have at it, he just, just rip." You know, I mean, just, and, and he's saying, "Well, you know what? You already are clean as a disciple of mine." Mm-hmm. Okay, you're already clean as a disciple of mine. You know, I, I'm. Let's just take care mm-hmm. of those. In other words, you know, in, in the big picture of it, once you've come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, right? The we we sin because we're sinners. We're not sinners because we sin. We're, we sin because we're sinners. And so he takes that sin and he absolutely forgives it. And then what happens is, is we continue to have our flesh and then the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Okay, And then we, as we are sinners saved by grace, we will occasionally do what? Sin, sin right? And then he needs to Wash that. Mm-hmm. Ask for forgiveness, so that you can continue walking uprightly and rightly, rightly in Him. Okay, and becoming more and more like Him. Okay, and that's His analogy to Him. So need to y'all cleansed all over again. To wash your feet. Right. right. Wash your feet. Right. Just continue just to wash your feet. Right? right. So, so you know, wonderfully, Jesus knows our heart motivation, and He looks in, and and, mm-hmm. and we see Peter once again just blurting out, and Jesus, I am sure inside. Man, even before, you know, he knows every word that's going to come out before it does, right? I'm sure inside Jesus is just like...
1: To see that Peter is the one over and over and over who gets it, though, that he has a really high view of Jesus. Like, he didn't Absolutely. want him to watch his feet. He felt too humbled by that.
0: And over and over, you just see that he knows who he is. Absolutely. And that's... Absolutely. And we're going to see, we're going to see as we travel on with Pete, we're going to see how he, as he's walking with Jesus, he knows who he is, and he's, you know, he... he He's so falling in love with them. But, but, when Jesus dies, resurrected from the dead, seated at the right hand of God the Father, right? And Acts 2, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit comes upon everybody in the upper room, okay? All of a sudden, Peter is very different. Now he knows the power of Jesus in him by the Holy Spirit. No more walking with Jesus anymore. Now he is Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now he's walking with them. And what that shows each of us is that you know that's what happens in our transformation as well. You know, you, you can walk along some with somebody for years and years and years and years and know about the person, admire them, respect mm-hmm. them, you know, um, become rather like them. But until you know him intimately, right? And then it says mm-hmm. that the same power, Philippians says, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit lives in me, lives in you. Mm-hmm. That's why when people ask you, you know, would you rather live during the time and walk with Jesus? I mean, with, oh my goodness, it would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather live now mm-hmm. in the church age mm-hmm. of the coming of the Holy Spirit that can live in mm-hmm. you? That's the power of Jesus right. Christ. Ding, 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 ding. Number two, number two, number two. Okay? Because now we have not just walking along beside Jesus. As he lives in us in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have that same power because he's in us. Or I should say, I would rephrase that, he is our power. We don't have the same power. He is our power as we surrender our life to him. Oh, that's the way to live. That's the way to live, absolutely. All right, so let's look at Matthew 26, 30 through 35. Matthew 26, 30 through 35. Okay, and here's what he says. When they had sung to him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will, Jesus. He sweeps to the platform and does the you know the soliloquy to Jesus. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Okay, I tell you the truth. Now when Jesus says I tell you the truth, you had better listen up. Mm-hmm. It you know, it, it in the King James it's verily, verily, you know, and now there's yeah. it's like, you know, listen up. It's like when Charles Stanley says, listen up. I mean, you had better be listening, but this is Jesus saying, I tell you the truth. Jesus answered, This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three, three times. times. But, Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Did you hear that? And other disciples said the same. Usually we display big old Pete for doing this, right?
4: Mm-hmm. But he's
0: the leader, right? Remember, he's the one they Push up. <laughs> all right. And he says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. A lot of times we miss that, don't we? Mm-hmm. You know, words are cheap, aren't they? Yes. Words are really cheap. Mm-hmm. It's the actions that count, right? It's the absolute actions that count. So what happens here is he heard Jesus predict that he would deny him three times, and Peter replies, I think you're mistaken. How many times do we do that? I do, don't you? Don't you go, Jesus, you know, the (laughs) word of God, and you're like, ah, I think you're mistaken. That doesn't seem right to me, you know, right? Because you're looking at it Mm -hmm. with your human reasoning, Mm -hmm. right? And our finite little pea brain looks at it instead of just accepting that, you know, no, no, see, I'm God. And I really do know the end from the beginning. And guess what? I'm the one who shapes the future. Not only do I know the future, I shape it. Okay? So, Peter, you know, um, when you're replying this, I already know what you're going to do. Absolutely. But you could do anything mm-hmm. as all God, walk through anything as all God. You need to learn obedience mm-hmm. as all man. Mm-hmm. As all man. How sweet that is to us. Mm-hmm. Right? How sweet that is to us. That God would give us his son to walk the earth so we could see how to walk in obedience. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I love that. Right, He heard him predict him and then Peter's like, I think you're mistaken, Jesus. Not me. Right. Oh, sweet guy. Alright, so um, John 18. I hardly wait to talk to him in heaven. You're like, Peter, and then of course you were called a rock. So how great is that? John 18 1 through 11. 18, 1 through 11. And this is when when Peter is starting to get the fire in the belly, right? Okay. So, when he had finished praying, Jesus had left left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove, and his disciples went over to it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Do you guys remember that in the Passion of the Christ? Mm -hmm. Remember how vivid Mm -hmm. that was? Have you ever seen Passion of the Christ? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, oh, you have to see it. Oh, you yeah. have to see it. I have to DVD. Do you have to it every Easter? Oh, it's phenomenal. I will bring it for you. That, that movie is so amazing. I mean, I have to turn away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, really it's amazing. It From yeah. what happens to Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to turn away. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, to think that I put him on that cross, mm-hmm. and I have to turn away. It's and, and so I remember this portion vividly. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, m- remember, knowing all that was going to happen to him, okay went out and asked them who is it you want Mm -hmm. Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth, they replied I am he Jesus said I love how he said I am there he Jesus said and Judas the traitor was standing there with them when Jesus said I am he they drew back and fell to the ground why do you think they drew back and fell to the ground because he's the great I am right at that moment he's revealed as the great I am okay Uh, Again, he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, (laughs) who just happened to have a sword (laughs) on him, okay, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter <laughs> commanded Peter pull your sword away shall I not drink the cup the father has given me okay now you have to feel for Peter here you have to put yourself in Peter's spot okay he sees all this he knows what's happening he, he's he's getting a, a taste of what this Jesus has become so precious to him his life is everything and and Peter's like, I have to lash out. This can't possibly happen. And people are coming to take my Jesus. And so his natural reaction would be to react, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. To react. He's got a sword on mm-hmm. <laughs> But thankfully, it was only Malchus's ear. Okay. And and I could just see. I can. I could just see Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Also knows this is going to happen, right? Meanwhile, <laughs> you have to remember Jesus. Is I mean is always praying. I mean praying as a drops of blood. I mean he knows that he's going to be taking the whole sin of the whole world, past, present, future. He took the sin that ever was and ever will be on him at the cross. Okay, and he hung there for you and I. And he knows that this is what he's going to be doing. And that's why he says. Um, that's why he says, "Where is that?" Uh, commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Mm-hmm. Right? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Mm-hmm. Okay? In other words, he said, you know what? I need to walk forward here, Peter. You can't get in the way. I know you'll love me. But I th- I love you more, and this is what I need to do. This is why I came. Right? And here's Peter, just you know, broken hearted, I'm sure at this point but you guys it it shows to me time and time and time again you have to let someone have the cup that God has allowed them to have because if you take away their cup okay? maybe it's a cup of I don't know, grief, sorrow health um, uh, joy um, financial struggle, whatever it is Whatever that cup is, okay, you need to let that person have that cup because it's through that cup that God is going to work miraculously. Mm -hmm. That you know he'll either bring them to know Jesus personally, or he'll you know the family, or what whatever it is that he plans. You don't want to get in the way and take somebody's cup from them that Jesus has for them. Like for instance. You know, um, many of you know, I didn't come to know Jesus till I was 31 years old. I didn't know him as my Savior. And, uh, and I know that I know that my mom, because she prayed for me for years and years and years and years and years. And I am sure many a times she wanted, mm-hmm. she, you know, she wanted to take the place or she wanted to take my cup. She wanted, you know, to, to, to catch me. So I wouldn't continue to walk so desperately in sin, okay? But she knew that she knew in Romans where it says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So guess what? No matter how low you go, grace is always there to catch you. Right? God's undeserved favor is always there to catch you. Oh, And what she did is she said, Lord, I lay her at your feet. In fact, there she is. At the feet of the cross, and there she is. So I'm going to leave her right
4: there,
0: and I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize, and I'm going to walk in the joy, and I know that whatever cup that you have for her, I trust you. Mm -hmm. I trust you implicitly, because that's how she'll come to know you. Mm -hmm. And she would say, you know, later on in life, she said, Margo, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't see that this side of heaven, I knew that. was absolutely whatever cup it was, Lord, don't give her any peace until the peace of Jesus Christ uh-huh. is your only peace. And so you don't get in the way of that cup. Mm-hmm. Because you know why? That's exactly the cup that he wants to use to transform me mm-hmm. into the likeness of his son. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he had to say to Peter, he said, no, no, no. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And sometimes that cup seems pretty bitter. Mm -hmm. but it's sweet in the long run Mm -hmm. it is so sweet in the long run so so Peter had to be um, once again uh, stopped and said okay you know what you're the one who cut off the right ear of Malchus the servant of the high priest by the way (laughs) Peter when the soldiers came to arrest me okay but but God already knew Jesus already knew that that was going to happen okay let's look at Just write this down, Matthew 26 again, uh, 69 through 75, okay? And remember, Peter denies Jesus three times, and then cursing and swearing, I mean, how sad is this? That he doesn't even know the man, okay? He says the man. He doesn't even know the man, refusing to even recognize the name of Jesus. Okay? I mean you know, the, the highs and the incredible lows mm-hmm. that that Peter had, that Peter walked through, mm-hmm. and and uh, and Jesus used him incredibly. See that that's what you guys. I want you to realize who Pete is because you guys he doesn't use perfect people mm-hmm. because then he wouldn't use anybody because none use. of us are perfect. Right. Only Jesus Christ. Okay, only God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, and otherwise He wouldn't use any of us. Mm-hmm. He uses imperfect people. Okay, and and He knows our hurt, and He knows how He wants to uh, have us interact and work, and He knows we're going to make mistakes. Okay, mm-hmm. but what the best part is, is through this, through this, we become more and more like Him. You guys, Peter is walking and becoming more and more and more. like like Jesus. I mean, by the time he it's Acts 2 when they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, and it sounds like the rush of the wind and, and the um, tongues of fire on their head and everything. You guys, by that time, you know, Peter is at the ready. He has a readied heart. Okay? And that's what Jesus is doing with us. That's what he's doing with us. Okay? So, he denied him. Okay, and then in John 20, there are a couple more here I want to look at with you guys. John 20, this this is so sweet. Um, Peter Peter is one who runs with John the Disciple, all right, um, the empty tomb. Okay, so let's, let's look at this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, which of course we know is John, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. They started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter, reached the tomb first. That shows to me John's Slythe, right, a little bit. Better runner, probably less weight. Peter, big, really fisherman guy. Both are running. But the, I love that I love that this is even in the word. That the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Okay, now remember, John gets there. Okay, the women were there first, right? Mm-hmm. The women come back. Of course, the women were there first. They were all nurturing and relational and everything. They're like, oh, Jesus is there. And they tell Peter and John, Peter and John take off, right? John beats them. Mm-hmm. John does this. Woo! The strips are gone. Not Peter. <laughs> John stands on the outside of the cave. Remember, it's a cave, right? And you're looking mm-hmm. into the tomb. And, mm-hmm. and doesn't walk in. <laughs> then Peter, Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. Right? Into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. Okay, so who boldly went inside there first? Fine. Uh, Simon Peter, he wasn't the first one to get there, was he? <laughs> right? Big burly ox, he wasn't first. But John just went, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Peter just boldly walked in there and went, whoa, look at this. Right, who would reached to him first, also uh, went inside. And then now that Peter's inside, the leader mm. of the disciples, now John wants Right, now it's okay. It's sort of like this is an odd analogy, but I, our colleagues defer to one another. If you have two mm-hmm. dogs, That's they defer to one another. You know, it's like, okay, now that, you know, Sadie's thinking, now that Brooke went outside and she's out there, I'm okay. You know, now I can come too. I mean, it's almost that kind of a situation where Peter's in, okay, then I'll go in too, John is. So finally, the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They don't understand that until the coming of the Holy Spirit. Totally, okay? And so he's the one who ran with John, uh, the disciple, to the tomb on the morning of the resurrection. After hearing the report from the women that the body of Jesus wasn't in the tomb, wasn't in the tomb, okay? And I love that he takes off and he just boldly just bounds into that cave. I can just see him. He'd be like a dog almost sniffing. Okay, Jesus. Okay. There's your head. Ah, there's this. John, that here. Woo! What the women said. That's it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Right? All right, so we'll go to Luke twenty four thirty four because he's the one who receives a personal visit from the resurrected Jesus on the day of resurrection twenty four thirty four. Okay, wait, is that right? Is that right? Twenty four thirty four. Yeah, twenty four thirty four. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon all the messing he did, all the denial he did all the stuff he did all the reaction, you know what yeah Peter was a reactionary kind of guy wasn't he? A lot of times instead of just acting rightly, right, he reacted. Okay? I don't know how you are. Maybe you're a reactionary kind of person. I'm always telling the kids, guys, all that we're responsible for is to act rightly before the Lord, and we're not responsible for anybody else's reactions. Mm-hmm. You're not. That's that's mm-hmm. how you live freely. Mm-hmm. You act mm-hmm. rightly before the Lord, and then you're not responsible for anybody else's reactions. But if you keep mm-hmm. reacting mm-hmm. to everything and everybody, now you're in a pickle now you're a pickle. And Peter was a reactionary kind of guy. He was right because he was walking by his feelings a lot. But Jesus, he, Peter is the one who was visited by Jesus, resurrected Jesus on resurrection day. Are you kidding me? How sweet is that? Mm -hmm. He made sure to appear to, to, to Peter, okay? And then all of John 21, you can read that this week, John 21. Peter received a public restoration of Jesus in front of all the other disciples after the resurrection of Jesus. He restores him. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, That's who he is. See, it really is all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about Peter. It's about who Jesus is to Peter. No matter what Peter has done. No matter, you know, the praise that he got, the rebuke that he got, the, the denial that he did, you know, the, that he rebuked Jesus even, right? And you know, I, mean, I mean, it's not about him. It's about who Jesus is to Peter. And it's not about us. It's about who Jesus is to Linda and Karen and, you know, Lisa and Deb and Pam and Jess and Phoenix and me. It's about who he is to us and then how we respond to him. It's not about the other way around. I wrote, Peter was an ordinary fisherman from Galilee, leading an ordinary life. Okay? But something quite out of the ordinary happened to him. He met a charismatic preacher called Jesus of Nazareth, and that changed everything. And that changed everything, you know? And quite frankly, that's what happens when you meet Jesus. It changes everything. He upends your world. It changes everything, okay? It changes your life. Peter was captivated by Jesus, by what he said, by his personality, by everything about him. Jesus was from the same modest background as Peter was, and from a town even more nondescript. He came from Bethsaida. But Peter realized that everything else about this preacher was compelling, and he threw in his trade as a fisherman to follow. His parents had named Peter Simon or Simeon, but Jesus gave him a new name, a sort of a nickname, Peter, which means rock. His nickname was not too far from the modern name Rocky, and it sent the same sort of message, okay? Peter was a solid, no-nonsense kind of guy, a man you could trust, okay? Peter's father's name was John, and we know Peter was married because he had his mother-in-law. Though there was no mention of his wife, okay. So, Peter the man, you know, may have come from Bethsaida, but he and his brother Andrew lived in Capernaum and earned their living there by fishing. They were a partnership with other fishermen, with James and John, the sons of Zebedee okay and so jesus called all four of these fishermen to follow him okay so they were fishermen and they became fishers of men. men okay all right so as we were studying and going through the word of god you know what sort of guy was peter right he was very human like the rest of us he was very very human okay at times he was vacillating At times, he was unsure. At times, you know, um, we'll learn about the church of Antioch, okay, when he first ate with the Gentiles, and then later he refused to eat with the Gentiles. You'll see how he vacillated, okay? But then you will also see later on in Acts how he became resolute. He knew that he knew that he knew that he knew, okay? All right, so sometimes he was rash, we saw tonight. Sometimes he was hasty, sometimes he was irritable, <clears throat> sometimes he was even angry. But overall, he was incredibly capable of loyalty and love to Jesus. That charismatic preacher, okay? Now, he seems to have been unlearned. If you read um, extra-biblical studies, that he was not trained in the Mosaic Law. Uh, he did not <coughs> Excuse me, no Greek, which was the scholarly language of the day. He was a slow learner, but when he was entrusted with all kinds of responsibilities, okay, he absolutely was mature and he was absolutely capable, okay? And and to think that he was chosen as an apostle, right? All of those things which we go, oh my, I'm not so sure. That's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. That's so encouraging, okay? And so, right from the start, it seems that he was the spokesman, like I mentioned, for the other disciples. In other words, he was a natural leader. He stood out in the group, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. In any list of disciples, Peter's always mentioned first, always, okay? And he seems to show, you know, or I should say that seems to show as he's mentioned first that he's like Jesus' right-hand man, okay? And there are several incidents in the gospel where it talks about the gospels, I should say, that tell about Peter the man, what he was like as a person, okay? And we went through the Gospels tonight and just saw some of those, how Peter was such a person like you and me, like you and me, okay? Um, like, for instance, he was realizing that he was aware of Jesus's divinity. I mean, he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he blurted it out, which, quite frankly, demonstrated his faith. It demonstrated his faith. It demonstrated his insight. And by nature, he was a blurter. He just blurted things out, okay? And when Jesus said at the Last Supper that he he would only accept his friends whose feet had washed, what did he say? No, wash all of me, okay? And his head, even. (laughs) Right? So he just blurted things out. And then, of course, we heard he denies Jesus, all right? He denied that he knew Jesus. And, And that, you know what that is? That's a failure of courage. That's a failure. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. A failure of courage. Jesus says, you know what? Just share with this person. This person needs to be more This interruption of the day is is from me. This person needs to be it. Share, because they've got sort of the same life pattern. They've had maybe some of the same lifestyle. Share with them what Jesus has done in their life. Were you crazy? <laughs> What do you? What? You expect that of me? What? I mean, I I mean, I don't even know the man you're talking about. Don't be so quick to look at Peter. You know what it is? It's it's a failure of courage. And as Joe Briscoe would say, courage is faith that has said its prayers faith that it's prayers. Because he puts us in circumstances all the time where you can say the name of Jesus, when you can share the love of Jesus, when you can come and be Jesus to that person. You know, if they need help, if they need, you know, food, if they need whatever, but you can tell your story and how you've been redeemed, okay? And so he doesn't want us to, to have a failure of courage, okay? If only for a moment... Maybe, like, you think it's in the face of danger or in the face of humiliation. He's he's like, no, 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 no. He says, you know what? I've got that all handled for you already. I'm the one who put you in front of this person. You're in my presence, not just in the presence of this person, okay? But then, after he had that failure of courage, what'd he do? He walked on the water. He walked on the water. He walked right out to Jesus. He had to take his body weight from this foot to this foot. And he walked on the water, Okay? All right, both of those, denying Jesus and walking on the water, and then he started to go under, okay? All right, those were just short-lived lapses, okay? I want you to understand that as we go through life, guys, things like this are going to happen, all right? Mm-hmm. they are short-lived lapses, okay? It's not a loss of faith in Jesus. It's a short-lived lapse is what's happened, Okay? All right, and what happens is, is, is you acknowledge what you've done, as Peter did. And then Jesus sets you up on a rock again, brushes off your wings, and you fly again, and you fly again, and you don't look back because it doesn't matter where you started. It matters how you finish. Right? And so Peter's denial did not destroy Jesus' trust in him. Did you hear what I said? Not about Jesus trusting him. I'm sorry, Peter trusting Jesus. Peter's denial Mm -hmm. didn't destroy Jesus' trust in Peter. Okay? Mm -hmm. And we always think, oh, no, I've done this horrific thing. What is Jesus thinking? It doesn't destroy because it's based on who Jesus is, not who we are. He loves us because of who he is, not who we are. And so it's so wonderful because he never ever 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 loses trust in us because he loves us that much, and that's why he died. Okay, and so on resurrection morning, resurrection. Peter was the first uh, man Jesus appeared to. Jesus had already appeared to the women um, who came at tomb at first light. Okay, and so what happens is is when you see Peter's life unfolding, and then we're going to look at how Peter became this incredible, incredible, I know that I know that I know, there was no doubt and faith going back and forth anymore in Acts. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at that next week to see how after Jesus was resurrected and the coming of the Holy Spirit and what happened to Peter, that no wonder they called him the rock. No wonder they called him the rock. And we're going to see that, that um, Peter, at the end of his days, because he loved Jesus so much when he was crucified Peter said I can't be crucified like my Lord was straight up so they inverted the cross and he was crucified with his head down and his feet up excruciating excruciating what a guy you know why? because we got such a Jesus that's why I mean, Pete. uh, he gives me joy, just laughing with him, you know, walking with him, uh, seeing how Jesus always, always would forgive him, always walk along with him, always knew his potential, always knew his heart motivation. You guys, that's how Jesus knows us. And he just wants us to be so honest with him and tell him, you know what? I feel like a failure in this area. He goes, you know what? I know that. I know. It's okay. Just walk with me. Come on. Come on. Come on, walk with me. It's okay. It's okay. Let's ask forgiveness. Let's start again. Let's you know, I've got the best plans for you. Don't go on a great big huge detour away from my heart that I have to bring you back again. Hmm. Be right here. Be right here and walk with me. I mean, I I read I read all about Peter extra, you know, all the biblical uh, as well as extra biblical and, and, and the history at times and I think Lord make me like Pete. you know make me like Pete. look at look at how he he continued to follow hard after you even though even though he might have been too zealous at times, even though he might have reacted at times but at least he followed. At least he followed hard. He didn't, you know, Yeah, he had a failure of courage when he stood in the distance from the fire and denied him. Just a lapse. Mm-hmm. Back on. You guys, don't look at your lapses. Look at Jesus. He's already forgiven those lapses, given to him, and walk courageously. Walk courageously. That's what he has for us. There's no greater joy than to walk courageously with him. Next week, I want to look at, at how Peter, uh, in Acts, just unbelievably changed into this uh, uh, Holy Spirit power that poured through him, that he stood up on the day of Pentecost, and we'll talk about that. He absolutely proclaimed Jesus as the Christ, and 3,000 souls came to Christ that very right day. Mm-hmm. Remember back then, they didn't count women and children. Mm-hmm. So that was just men. So it was 3,000 plus women and children. And as Stuart would always say, you know, usually every guy had a had a had a wife, and then they usually had a couple kiddos. You know, <laughs> that's just what happened. Okay, so there were always more than that. So uh, I want to be able to to look at Acts next week and see how Peter went from this kind of Peter to rock
4: solid Peter.